Welcome. Hi, I'm Mickey, and this is Wikipedia, where I sit down and chat to doctors, professors, athletes, practitioners, and experts in their fields related to health, nutrition, fitness, and well-being. And I'm delighted that you're here. It's Mickey here, you're listening to Wikipedia, and this week on the podcast I have the pleasure of speaking to my friend Michelle Matangi, who is a health and lifestyle coach down in Taranaki. And I came across Michelle maybe seven years ago when we would attend some of the same conferences, she would come to some of my speaking events, and I got to know her through her old page, Primal Journey, which detailed out her transformation using, at the time, diet and exercise to help transform her physical self. However, Michelle and I talk about that transformation over the last 15 years and how, of course, it started with her body, but it was so much more than that and how she's really transformed her mind and attitude and how she uses her knowledge to now help other people. So Michelle she is today on the podcast how she found herself turning to food as a way to distract herself from things in her life that were uncomfortable or difficult to deal with and I think that all of us probably at some point can appreciate what's going on in that instance. We discuss how she discovered Mark Sisson, Mark's Daily Apple and the primal way of eating which is a version of paleo is sort of this initial start to help begin her path to ditching the dieting mentality and just really focused on nourishing herself. We talk about how it's it's a long journey and it's it's an ongoing journey and how she's transitioned away from some of these really strict rules or perceived strict rules to find real peace and balance with regards to her relationship with food but her relationship with everything in her life. And she realized ultimately that it wasn't food or diet that would help her in the long run but she actually needed to be able to know herself and Michelle and I talk about the resources that she used to really help her get out of that cycle or food mentality and now what she uses with her own clients to help them establish just a better relationship with food but ultimately a better relationship with themselves. I really enjoyed this chat. Michelle was so open. She's always so open and just so kind and caring and I felt really privileged to be able to chat to Michelle. Before we kick on into the interview though, I just want to let you know that you can get yourself a sweet little deal from newzest, www.newzest.co.nz for 20% off any of their products using the code MICKEY20. If you love the podcast and you want to support us, the best thing that you can do is hit subscribe on your favourite podcast platform, even leave us a five-star review, that would be amazing, or jump over onto my website to level up that support and jump on the recipe portal option. So 12 bucks a month, you get regularly updated recipe inspiration that are all generally lower carb, minimally processed food, and just little tasty recipe numbers. Weekly email from me, the support from a Facebook group, weekly Q&A, and the opportunity for me to answer your nutrition-related questions. So that's over on my website, mickeywillardin.com. However, team, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation that I have with my friend, Michelle Martangi. Michelle, um, we're going to talk today about your transformation and not only obviously your very obvious and actually like really public trans like physical transformation because you've been so open um, over I, I want to say the last 10 years probably even longer about your journey with that and and of course your level of maybe it's part of identity like I feel like that's really changed for you like you've mm. used that knowledge and sort of used what you've learned about yourself and and almost like transitioned it to other to be as helpful in in other ways so I really want to talk to you about that but awesome Really just um, my first question is, did you uh, cold water plunge this morning? 
I, I 100%. Like oh. I actually have only just warmed up. I did it at 10 o'clock yeah. um, so that I could give my body some time to warm up. But, yeah, I, I totally got in my freezer. It's about two degrees at the moment. Oh. So ice floating around everywhere. <laughs> you are definitely one of my inspirations for that. And I, and I have mentioned this on other podcasts. And I'll mention it again because Barry edits it. But I really want one. And You need to get one. I know. I know, 100%. right? Someone suggested getting a, because um, I've seen your one is, like, it's a long chest freezer. Yeah, big one. Yeah. yeah. Someone suggested yeah. to me that I get one, actually Barry suggested, that I get one that was higher and then I could, like, sit in and it took up more space. And I'm like, babes, that is, like, clearly a disastrous thing to do. Imagine if I got so cold, I couldn't get out. And I, no one and was around. a concern. I know. And you've got, like, I, like... I actually have to be careful because when I was doing them like every day, I actually got super adapted to them. So I've actually stopped doing them every single day because you actually adapt so much to the point that I was kind of not getting as much benefit. And then I wanted to stay in for longer. And I've read that if you stay in for longer, your body literally can like kind of shut down and then you can't get out. (laughs) So like you've really got to be careful with this stuff because, (laughs) you, you know, like small doses is wise but yeah when I first began I definitely made sure like Mike was home and I was gonna be safe because you've got to think about these things like it is quite serious yeah you do and actually what you just said there about small doses I also feel that what you share on social and potentially a lot of your journey is around this minimum effective dose like absolutely what things that you've put in place to help sort of transform yourself and then what other people can do to have a similar transformation yet of course appropriate to their situation and their context and stuff was that a hard lesson for you to learn Michelle that whole thing yeah totally um I've definitely always been that kind of all or nothing all in or all out yeah and it took a while for me to learn that you know the dose makes the poison and you actually are so much better sometimes taking your time, making it a longer time, smaller amount, getting your ego out of the way and actually just committing to a smaller amount, um, whether that's a five-minute walk every day versus an hour walk now and then is kind of the, the everyday one is better, you know, in my opinion, because it's you're then becoming the person who goes for a walk versus, you know, the sporadic like, oh, I feel like it today, so I'm going to go do an hour walk, whereas every day you probably don't feel like even doing a five minute you know if you're someone that's gone from being on the couch so like those little steps are things that you know and it's same with like cutting out sugar I think completely cutting it out is probably not going to happen for every single person but minimizing and trying to shift your sugar to your meals for your blood you know all those sorts of little things it's like we're so fast to jump in all in and we don't stop to think about well what about our previous habits and and we've got to change these things over time because it it won't stick you know so that is a massive part of I had to kind of almost get a bit of humility and go you know what I actually can't change every single thing at once and I think it's actually better to learn that way but it takes it took me a while it took me a while to learn that lesson so Michelle a lot of people who will be listening will be familiar with you and your journey um but not everyone will be so can you sort of take a step back right to sort of where it started for you gosh it's like it's such a long time ago when I think about it so this is back in the day obviously you would have been around but you know like paleo primal was still so fresh it was like in its infancy and um I think it was maybe Mark's Daily Apple was probably the one thing that I sort of came across um I'd already toyed with Atkins long before that but to kind of try and cut a long story short I've struggled with my weight since I was quite young um hit the age of 21 and found myself seriously depressed Mm. very very overweight and using food um And I'd watched, obviously, my mum had used food for comfort and, like, I guess we always had dessert. There was a lot of habits that had been, I guess, put in place that were not healthy and I didn't grow up in an environment that was, um, there wasn't a lot of movement encouraged. It just wasn't that kind of life. It was a kind of survival. My dad was very, very unwell um, mentally. So Mm. those sorts of things, it was survival mode. It wasn't really, like, thriving, you know. Um, And so as I got older... You know, I started to use food, that kind of thing. Um, also alcohol, drugs, that sort of thing. So it was very much like escapism. Yeah. Total escapism. I I 
I started losing weight when I hit rock bottom. You know, I was like, oh my God, I'm so overweight. I feel terrible. My skin did Atkins. And then I gained all that weight back Mm. because it was unsustainable as it always is. And then I think it was pretty much, yeah, I was, I'd, I'd done the Atkins thing. I'd gained the weight back. And then I was like, you know what? I, I hit 107 kilos and Mm. I was like, I can't live like this anymore. And the only way I know has worked for me, like successfully to a degree, which technically really wasn't that successful because I gained it back, but was a lower carb approach. Yeah. And that's when I discovered Mark's Daily Apple and it seemed very like, oh, this is actually quite balanced. Like there's still fruit involved. And, and you know, it was just very, it just had a good approach to me. And that's really, I threw myself into that. And in a year I lost 42 kilos. Wow. And how tall are you, Michelle? Five seven. Okay. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So, can I ask as well? Because you've been married for basically ever. Yeah, I've been with <laughs> Mike since I was eighteen. So I've been with him, and I'm forty one this year. So we've been together twenty two and a bit years. But yeah, yeah like yeah. long time. <laughs> yeah. So he's been with you along this journey whole time as well. And yeah. um, and when you sort of uh, were at the point, if you can remember, like, look, I want, I'm, you know, I'm going to do this approach. Um, what was his reaction? Oh, he was super supportive because, of course, he'd watched me. He has he's loved me every size, which he's just he's such an amazing guy. He obviously always has loved the person I am, the spirit mm. I am, not just how I look, you know. But it was more me that was concerned. But he was starting to get quite concerned when I was just getting bigger and bigger, and I was struggling to tie my shoes. I was mm. out of breath. I was just exhausted and anyway one day he said should we take some pictures <laughs> and that yeah. was and I, you know he was he tried to do it in such a gentle way because he's such a gentle soul but mm. it was so confronting seeing those pictures and I when I look back on them I just had tears running down my face because I was just I had lived in such a state of denial which I think you know a lot of us can see what we want to see so when I'd get ready in the mirror, I looked at my face and I always made my hair pretty because I've always had nice hair. So it was always like I'd focus on those things and I just almost ignored the physical because I was like, well, I, I I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And then when he um, you know, took those photos, it was like, oh, my goodness, Like I need to do something because I'm, tw- you know, only tw- I think at the point that he'd taken those, I might have been about 20. Oh gosh, 25. Yeah. Might have been, maybe a little bit less than that, but it was so confronting. And I was like, I am morbidly obese. Like mm-hmm. when I actually realized, I was like, wow. And it gave me, it kind of, I guess it shocked me into action, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah. And that's interesting because I have mm. so many conversations with people who say something to the, the sort of extent that I had no idea that I was as big as I was until I jumped on the scale and saw I had gained, you know, I was 15 kilos heavier than I thought I was, which is pretty much what you've said that they had avoided the, um, the, the metric, which would tell them, you know, some extent to how bad it was and then focus on other things. So it was a real shock to them as well, which is exactly what you've just said. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I, I mean, somehow in my mind I had made being under 100 kilos somehow okay which yeah. it wasn't but you know how you just justify certain things you know and I was going through a lot mentally myself mm-hmm. I I was struggling um with my mental health and and I guess when I hit when I saw that number it was 107.1 kilos and I was like never again will I be this yeah. like never again I'd made that deal with myself I was like never again I'd gone it was a sequence of events it was it was that hitting that number seeing that the photo that had been taken I went shopping um, for a new pair of jeans because I was realizing the stretchy ones I was wearing were not fitting. And I went into um, Jeans West and got the two for one deal and realized I had to get a size 20 and size 22. And that Mm. was like, I had been like a size six, size eight. So this was like a real shock to my system. And I was like, oh my God, bought those. And I was like, I'm never going to end up in this position again. I cried in the dressing room. It was just one of those real like oh. moments. And the other moment was my sister had her baby shower and they did the whole guess of the circumference of your waist. And my my stomach was bigger than my full term pregnant sister. Wow. And, I, yeah. and that was that was probably the real like kicker because I yeah. was like, I'm really unhealthy. This mm-hmm. is not just about how I look anymore. This is I'm really unhealthy. Like I'm struggling with my health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. And so, yeah, Mike was super supportive of anything I did. Like, he was just my cheerleader, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Always has been. Yeah. yeah. 
And so over the course of that year, you lost 40 kilos? 42. Yeah. 42 kilos. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And how easy was it? Um, I mean, looking back, I I was so dedicated. Yeah. And I was so focused. I kind of made it like my full-time job. Yeah. And I, I know that sounds extreme, but I think when you're losing a big amount of weight like that, especially, you know, a lot of people need to have weight loss surgery to lose that amount of weight. You know, yeah. like it's a lot of weight to shift. And I'm, I just made it like my job. I was like, this is the most important thing. I need to get this weight off for my health, for my future, for uh, I want to stay in my marriage. I, you know, there was just so many things that I knew and I'd, and I'd you know, my mum struggled with their weight, my dad struggled with their weight, my whole family. And so I kind of had seen my future, what my future yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah. And I really didn't want that. And and so I guess, um, yeah, I, I super focused on what I could have, not what I couldn't have. And back then, you know, I was quite strict. It was very much quite low carb. Um, you know, I didn't have potatoes, didn't have any of that, which, you know, w- w- I needed to do what I needed to do then to get yeah. that amount of weight off, yeah. and it worked for that. Yeah, yeah. But then what followed that was also a lot of up and down of, in terms of me starting to understand that um, I couldn't have that that really strict approach to food for the rest of my life. Yeah, you know, it served its purpose for that one year, but I needed to find some some more balance in there, um, and that that's taken a really long time to learn. Yeah, so, <laughs> a really long time to learn. So when did you start your hungry for balance page? So Hungry for Balance, well, first it was Primal Journey. Yeah, So it began right. as Primal Journey, yeah, long, long time ago. Um, and then it went to Hungry for Balance. Um, and I'm just trying to think, I'm pretty sure it would have been uh, about seven years after I'd lost that weight because I, I kept it as Primal Journey. And then I think I changed it to Hungry for Balance because I was like, I am, I'm hungry for balance. Like I yeah. didn't want to just live without potatoes or bread or anything for the rest of my life. You know, obviously. Um, as a, you know, I, I guess it was around that era that I started seeing a lot of hormonal issues coming up for myself and then other people and realizing, okay, for women, obviously, it's a little bit tricky um, if you go too low carb for too long. You know, yeah. there's some, such a thing as too much of a good thing that you can kind of take it to extremes. Yeah. Um, and I love potatoes <laughs> <laughs> and I love having dessert and I wanted to find balance, you know, and, and I guess I'd, I'd shifted the weight. But now it became about, okay, I want to be healthy and I want to have a good approach to food and and feel like I'm not living in a a prison of um, only being able to eat this, this, this and this and Mm. not being able to enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, I I changed to the Hungry for Balance. And that was really a massive learning curve of what can I eat and still, you know, uh, have a good relationship with food um, and not get hyper-focused on one thing or... And it's it's taken me such a long time to learn that. Yeah. And really up until I would say four and a bit years ago, um, did I really, I'd, I'd gained a little bit of weight back. I'd sort of, I had some emotional stuff going on with my father and I realized, man, I'm still using food a little bit like mm. emotionally. And I really wanted to, I just, I was like, I don't want to be back here again. Like mm. I'd got back up to 80 kilos and I was like I hit that point that I was like oh my god I'm back here and I just I don't want to be here again this is you know this is the slippery slope back into where I was and at that point I was like I need to actually deal with my emotional relationship with food now you know I I knew I knew logistically what was going to help me lose weight in terms of food wise like I knew Mm. that but I wanted to understand what was driving me like why was I constantly seeking external circumstances to try and change how I was feeling inside. Yeah. Okay. And so I really had to dig deep. And, and um, yeah. And Michelle, what, so what did you do? Like if someone, you know, what kind of strategies mm. and tools did you use to get you back to sort of where you want to be? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, at first, at first I had to recognise that, again, I was kind of, I found that denial place again. Mm-hmm. I was what I'd say like a compulsive, comfort-seeking, behavioural kind of person. You know, yeah. I just always wanted to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and I listened to this podcast. I think it really helped me big time through my whole transition, but there were a lot of things that were going on. This one line was, you can never get enough of something that almost works. Mm, okay. Yep. 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 So when you think about that in terms of, you know, for me, it was eating or shopping. Yeah. 
because they gave me this feeling of like dopamine, right? Got a bit of a dopamine hit. And mm. that was what I was seeking, mm. but it didn't work long term. You know, it worked for the very short amount of time. And then I yeah. was like, man, I'm quickly left feeling very deflated after that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it began a journey of going in, you know, and that, that began with meditation. That began with walking every day, yeah. you know, getting out in nature, realizing, hey, like I need to use this body of mine and like learn to connect with nature again mm-hmm. and to connect with my own body again. Because I'd almost lost that connection to myself, like who I really was and like connection to my body and listening to it again, because I think I'd overridden that a lot by external rules <laughs> yeah totally you know? and and I can yeah. see that like so in yeah. part of you gaining the weight and getting to the position where you had to lose weight you had to ignore a lot of the cues around hunger and appetite yeah. and how you might have potentially felt after eating um mm. you know of course instantaneously it gives you that dopamine hit initially yeah. but that post feeling but then also yeah. when you're trying to lose weight you have to the, the structure and rules allow you to sort of do that and you find there is security, I suppose, in that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. kind of have to, yeah, I can I yeah. absolutely see what you're saying. I've heard a mm. quote that was a great quote that you um, you just said, and I, I saw actually you reference, I'm going to say Anna Lempka. I'm not sure. Yes, if- Anna Lempka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just saying to Mike before, how do I pronounce her name? Um, Yeah, so she's Dopamine Nation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing book. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, that she is honestly like – I think everyone needs to read that book. Yeah. That was a re- – I mean, and that's actually quite recent, um, but that was another one that really helped me grasp dopamine and really why we are constantly seeking. And, and in this in this time now, we're always on our phone. We're always distracted. Yep. We're always – you know, you can take things that may even seem healthy and then take them to extremes, you know. Um we're not very good at dealing with boredom. <laughs> no, totally. And if I think about it just in today's sort of, in, you know, in the environment we're in today, dopamine hit for us are those 1pm briefings. That, 100%. Yeah. That they've suddenly brought back for yep. whatever purpose. I have no idea. And you, <laughs> sort of get, you get sort of tied to this, want to know the numbers, want to know what's going yeah. on, want to know the changes. Whereas actually if you stepped back, like nothing would actually change day to day, but in your head, you're sort of seeking something day to day. Yeah. I've heard Tim Ferriss say to get out of your mind, you have to get into your body. And oh, absolutely. And I feel like yeah. that's exactly what you've just said there. Cause you've never, yeah. you've not always been someone who's loved being active. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I've got a very complicated relationship with exercise. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like when I lost that big amount of weight, I didn't even need to exercise. It was, yeah. it was food. You know, yeah. food is the, if you want to lose a big amount of weight, look, exercise is obviously that does so many benefits for you yeah. aside from, uh, you know, lose weight. But, um, at that time it wasn't a tool that I really executed a lot. Like, yeah. a, you know, I walked a little bit and I went to the gym occasionally, but it wasn't a big part of my life Yeah, until, more recently when I realized I was in my head a lot and my mental health was suffering and I was like I need to get out of my head and into my body yeah and that I started like doing using a spin bike and going walking and doing that sort of thing and and really you know in the past I was so afraid of getting that like getting feeling quite sick when you you know because when you're really unfit and then you go to start exercising all of a sudden it's it's quite a, uh, it's quite an unfamiliar and uncomfortable feeling, Yes, you know, um, and I was like, I sort of, I had avoided that for such a long time, but now I seek it, I embrace it. I'm like, yes, this is what my body can do. And yeah, it might feel awful for a minute, but I feel so incredible afterwards. Mm. And now I know that I'm, I'm someone that can actually give myself a healthy dose of um, endorphins through you know, a form of exercise that we're supposed to move, like our bodies are meant to move. And so I guess it's taken me a really long time to get to that healthy place with exercise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting because there are so many people who would have no idea what you're talking about because they've yet to get there. And I think the fact that you have, you've had this journey where you haven't always loved moving or loved exercise, yet you're now recognizing how it makes you feel is so worth it. And I love actually what you say there, that You've you've meant your sort of craving has sort of changed to feeling uncomfortable because you know how good you're going to feel afterwards. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's the same thing with the ice bath. Uh, you know, you feel so uncomfortable when you first do it. You know, you're hyperventilating. You want to get the hell out of it. You're like, you think you're going to die, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and you're panicking. And uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, like I've always been a real comfort seeker. I love yeah. my comfort zones, but I, yeah. I realized that they were so damaging to me and I really wasn't going to I wasn't going to become the kind of person I wanted to be if mm. I stayed there. Yeah. And so I had to actually start seeking things that helped me get uncomfortable. And that, that was exercise. That was lifting weights. That was doing yoga and holding poses that were just like brutal or getting on my spin bike and go, you know, I don't, don't like to get to the point that I want to throw up, but, you know, getting to yeah. the point that you're, you're exerting yourself and it is hard, hard work. Yeah. Um, and I guess I started to find that that – quickly helped me get out of my head and it gave me a sense of freedom yeah in a, in a way because it was like wow I can actually I can change my mood mm-hmm. if I want to mm-hmm. you know because I'm one of these people I might wake up in the morning and ego kicks into gear I don't want to get out of bed I you know I'd just rather lay here and you know nah like you just you start going over and the narrative that you run in your head is you know oh, I'm never going to be this or that. And we start really getting into that negative narrative. Yeah. And I found that I needed to, I used the Mel Robbins trick, the five, four, three, two, one. So the five second rule, get out of bed, get on your walking shoes, go for a walk. That was my first sort of foray into kind of like getting out of my own way. Yeah. Okay. So you, know? you mentioned Mel Robbins. Yeah. Um. Does she have a book? Does she have a podcast? What? So what are the tools that you've used for that, Michelle? Because I feel like, so you're right about the, the, the weight loss side of things. People can lose weight. There are yep. any number of ways which people are able to drop kilos, et cetera, and get to the place where they feel they want to be but it's actually staying there and that's the bit that you're talking about that you've you know that's the balance that you're trying to find yeah so outside of the food and exercise yeah any like resources tools podcasts you listen to cool loads loads. loads. um, yes yes so so you know mel robbins obviously if if no one knows who she is she's she is a life coach by Mm. that's what she first started as and now she's like a published author she's got a whole lot of books um the five second rule. She's got the high five where you high five yourself in the mirror. Like there's a Ooh, whole lot it. of, yeah, really great stuff. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of mirror work, which is also Louise Hay does that, but a lot of people feel very confronted by standing in the mirror and talking to themselves. Yep. Whereas Mel Robbins does the whole high five, which is, you know, you high five someone and that energy behind that is so positive. You know, if you went to high five someone after, you know, you know, you're an athlete and you finish a race, someone high fives you that you feel that like that yeah. energy is so amazing. And so her whole thing behind that is that you don't even need to say the words. Mm. You can wake up and feel like shit. And if you can just high five yourself in the mirror, it's like, hey, girl, I've got your back. You know, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that that kind of thing was is really helpful. Um, so all the books. Um, yeah, obviously there's the Mel Robbins um five second rule, Dopamine Nation, obviously, which you just talked about. Yeah. Um, how to do the work by I've got I've got these all written down, so I can share them with you. Um, how to do the work by Nicole Lapera. Mm-hmm. So she's a uh, holistic psychologist. I found her really amazing. Another one, obviously, that I think everyone needs to read it is like my Bible, which is Atomic Habits by James yes. Clear, which I think most people have probably heard of James Clear. He's yes. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, a few ones that probably people may not have heard of, really basic books, but um, Mindless Eating audiobook, which is a, a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite old, but it's got some really good, like, things in there that we don't often it's not just centered around food it's actually you know centered around the way that we're viewing things the way we store food like that kind of thing and and you know quite basic stuff like the plates you use and contrasting colors and stuff like that that you kind of don't mm. always think about like these are little tricks um that can be quite helpful um accidentally overweight by libby weaver there's so much yes. good good stuff in that um and then in terms of one two books that have really helped me are in the Realm of Hungry Ghosts and Scattered Minds, which are by Dr. Garba Mate. Garba Mate. Yeah. Mm. So he's a um, he's a doctor and he is a therapist and all sorts of amazing things. But he basically has his own he he's he's worked in the the streets of um, you know, downtown uh, uh, where is it? Vancouver, I think it is, where, you know, they're shooting up, you know, like big, like mm. serious addiction. 
And he sort of um, he has a shopping addiction. And I know you know to to compare shopping addiction to a cocaine or heroin addiction is kind of not the same thing. People sort of think, well, they're completely separate. But what he sort of found was through watching people that use use drugs or use food, like they're the same kind of thing. That yeah. one's extreme, of mm-hmm. course. Mm. You know, if you're shooting out heroin, that's mm. extreme. And if you're shopping you know, for for reasons other than, you know, what you need or, you know, of course we can still have things that we desire and want. But, you know, if you're going out for that hit, it's the same thing when we eat, you know, we, we're seeking that hit. So really understanding like addiction was something that was so helpful for me because I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic, yeah. you know, serious addiction, um, used a lot of pain pills, that kind of thing. So mm. I guess it was helpful for me to understand that one, I've got that genetic predisposition within me. Yeah. Um, and I needed to like recognize that that is actually something I need to be very careful of. Mm-hmm. I have a hugely addictive personality. Like mm-hmm. I'm all into something, you know, am I all in or I'm all out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to find that balance. So I guess, you know, a lot of reading a lot of these books um really has helped me go deeper. Yeah. And not just think about, well, how do I look and what I'm eating and what's on my plate? I mean, mm. all that stuff's important. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But how we breathe, how we think, how we perceive, all those things are like, honestly, just so important. Um, one of the, one of my favorite sayings is we don't see the way the world is. We see the way the world, the way we are, you know, through yes. our own eyes, you know, oh, we're brilliant. not really, we're not really seeing it in the actual reality because we're seeing it through our own reality. It's yep. all through our perception. Yeah. You know? Um, totally. Yeah. And, you know, I love how you are, like those resources, they sound amazing. And I agree with you with that addiction type thing, like whether it's, because uh, I see a lot of people who are completely addicted to exercise. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And, yeah. and now, of course, there's a good vehicle for that because you've got Ironman, you've got ultra running, you've got these yeah. reasons for getting out and doing hours upon hours of exercise every weekend. And that is totally my personality. So, mm-hmm. you know, through my 20s and 30s, I was absolutely driven to be as active as I could and then really berated myself when I would like just break. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's taking me such a long time to actually realise that it's not like I still in the weekends um, sort of fight against that envy that people can go out and run for four hours, whereas there's no way that I physically could do that and then still do everything yeah. that I wanted to do. Um, so I do, I have these moments of FOMO when I see what other people do. I'm like, oh, I wish I was that awesome. But actually it's, I, I totally recognize that there's no need to do it. And I feel like that's yeah. like, for me, that recognizing that has been like quite a, it's been quite powerful because it has then changed sort of the course of, I don't know, what I do, you know, and, and it enables yeah. me to put my energies elsewhere. Like if I has, uh, if I was using all of my energy every single weekend to go out on missions every single weekend, then I wouldn't be able to run my business, you know, like no, yeah. have a podcast, do all those sorts of things. Yeah, burnout. Hello. Yes, I know. (laughs) But it is a constant battle, you know. And when you surround yourselves with yourself with people who do that is and it's very normalized. Yeah. You have to stepping back from that is hard too because it's part of your identity. Absolutely. And I and I and have you had an identity shift over the last few years, Michelle, with regards to the information you put out or how you want to be seen or perceived? Like, or is that just me looking at the changes on social media and thinking in my head, oh, has Michelle changed that? Or, you know, what yeah. how, how has it been? I, I guess, you know, gosh, when I first started this whole kind of self-exploration you know, uh, understanding myself and understanding my body and all of those things and really wanting to kind of master, not master it, but kind of really get in touch with what's driving a lot of these behaviours. I I was so in and I was often quite dogmatic about stuff. I'd mm. like, if I found the way that worked for me, that was it. That was the way that worked and it was yes. the only way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I've quickly realised um, that that was not, one, it's really off-putting to people because you know you become you know come off sounding pretty arrogant when you think that you know everything about something. <laughs> and I just, I guess, there was a lot of lessons in humility, knowing that I don't know everything, and there is so much for me to learn. And mm. I need to be open-minded. I need to be expansive. I can't just think 
or this is the only way because yeah. there are a lot of different ways to to reach um, your goals you know like that it can be done through so many different modalities and I think that's what's helped me I guess always evolve yeah always thinking okay so you know like example I'm we know that from anyone that's followed me you know first it was all about weight loss it was all just about that I was so focused on that then I sort of lost a lot of my weight kind of got a little bit over it because I just found it was just so intense and everyone was talking about it and I was just like Mm. I'm kind of done with this kind of went into the body positivity realm and that's when I started to gain some weight and you know had emotional issues going on and and then um, I was like, oh, my God, I need to find the balance again. And then, you know, I started decorating my house. And there was just all sorts of little different avenues. But what I've learned through a lot of that was what I was seeking was I was seeking creativity in a lot yeah. of that. Yep. You know, I was seeking physical creativity. I needed to do something with my hands other than just focusing on, I guess, everything being so serious. Like, yes. you know, when you're, when you're talking about health and nutrition and 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 behavioral change these are quite serious topics you know and we don't often allow ourselves to like play and do something that's fun and like explore our creativity we just don't do that because we're so focused on the goals that we've set and Mm -hmm. we've got to make them happen And I guess by through you know learning to meditate doing my ice baths getting in the garden going for you know walks for fun not just for exercise (laughs) you know and and you know going to the beach and swimming and all those things because I love doing all that sort of stuff I think it's helped me reconnect with that playful side of me because I think that was really missing. Yeah. And I think it's missing for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Right. And if there is something missing, then you're going and and you haven't quite discovered what that is. Maybe you'll do what you were describing with sort of eating and stuff. You'll look for it elsewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. sort of that reminds me like to use a nutrition analogy, but when people are like, I really want chocolate, and then they have five different things which aren't chocolate and yeah. then have chocolate. And then have chocolate. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Because what well, they actually wanted was a chocolate. But yeah. you know, it's you know, when you are interested in something and really passionate about getting into it, like you find that like you're not hunting in the kitchen and looking for food because you've actually got something else that's, ta- you know, you're like you're actually interested in something that's stimulating your brain and doing something that's exciting because I, I know for a lot of people it can be boredom. They're yeah. just bored. Yeah, you know, 100%. and they get on their phone and they scroll and then they feel like shit. Then they get off the phone and they go to the pantry. Or, you know, like it's just, and we get stuck in this kind of work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Everyone's in this like side business or, and you're like, I'm all for that because, you know, like I run my own business and I've I've run two businesses at once and it's it's exhausting. And when I just stepped back and was like, okay, I need to actually give myself permission to have creativity every mm-hmm. day. Yep. You know, however that looks, whether because yep. I sew, I knit, I do a lot of these kind of old fashioned things. Um, garden is just because, you know, I just love getting my garden. Um, and those things have allowed me that kind of exploration outside of just the self of improvement in yep. terms of physical improvement. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it can be quite exhausting sometimes in this kind of like coaching world and health coaching world. It's always, we're always like, wanting to be better and wanting to be better. And I'm all for that. But sometimes it's exhausting and we need to take a step back and go, what about just being? <laughs> yes. How much, when are you, when are you yeah. enough? You know when are you enough? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. You don't always need to be changing, you know, like you yeah. can actually just stop and, and be. And I think that's the hard thing about being in this kind of, the you know, being on the internet all the time and being on the socials is that we're constantly in this comparison mode, yeah. as everyone knows. And when we're living in that state, we're, we're really, we're living in that, that adrenaline's always going and we're always sort of seeking you know we never just like okay well am I like what do I actually want what makes me happy you know like stop and ask those questions like sit down with yourself journal like we don't do that and like a lot of the work that I do with women now is actually getting them to take the time Mm. to slot into their week hey how about we sit down and actually discover what it is that makes you brings you joy what is it that you want to do with your life you know are you just so busy and hectic with filling your day with all this other stuff that you're actually not not fulfilled yeah and when you you know when you're not fulfilled you often seek food or you seek things outside of yourself to fulfill that yeah do you know michelle when i talk to people about because obviously this is my job to talk to them about their diet and people yes. are very quick to take advice on diet particularly yes. because you know i'm the i'm i'm a so-called expert Yet when I have conversations like that with them, 
it's yeah. all, that almost don't expect it in the conversation that we have. So people yeah. who work with you, they're probably yeah. all in for that and they're really wanting to explore that. Whereas yeah. if people haven't thought about it before, then they don't see the link between what makes them happy and how do I get back into my size 12 jeans? You know, they, they, yeah. they, they're like, well, they do. They think that being happy means getting into those cells, those size 12 jeans. But actually, it's that overall life fulfillment that's preventing them from naturally um, being, a, you know, in a body that that is natural for them and they feel satisfied yeah. and happy about it. Yeah, like I think and i and i do get a bit of um you know you know obviously clients a lot come they come for different reasons but um often weight loss is you know obviously a very prevalent thing for a lot of them they want to lose weight but mm-hmm. at the same time they want to be happy you know they want to they they realize they've probably lost weight before and then it hasn't led to the life they thought it was going to and so you know my philosophy really is like thinking about the four pillars of vitality um, yeah, the four pillars of vitality um, are the things that I make sure are always centered around our health. So mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being. Yeah. And now how have you framed this? So is this from the reading that you've done? Is this the framework you work with people? How does that yeah. sort of fit yeah. into your coaching? I mean, I mean, a lot of this has come through my own journey. So it's not come by, I mean, of course, I read a lot of books. I have taken courses of, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I sort of, I sat down, I worked out like, well, what did I do? Yeah. And then what have I, and then of course, when I first began, which like three years ago now, I was like, you know, you're so new and you're sort of starting out and you, you know, you kind of figure out what kind of works for people, what doesn't and like what errors you might've made and kind of being like, being critical enough to sort of like assess like what's really going to help people and what they really need and what they want. And I think, you know, everyone comes for the physical. Yeah. Everyone, like you said, they want to fit the size twelve jeans. They want it. They just des- They're so des- some, some people are so desperate, and I get I get that desperation because I've been there. So yeah. I'm totally empathetic to it. But at the same time, I'm like, if you don't work on that spiritual side and connecting with yourself, I'm not talking about God. I'm just talking about getting in like with what's going on for you deep down. You yeah. know, if you don't get in touch with that, if you don't look after your mental, you know, your mental well being. Um, if you don't go and do activities that you enjoy and bring you joy, if you don't connect with others, you're still going to feel exactly the same as you do now, but mm-hmm. in a smaller body. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to bring you the joy that you think it will because I've been there. I mean, yeah. I was 50, 54 kilos when I got to my last weight and I was miserable. Yeah. Absolutely miserable. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it, it took me, I guess, learning that and then knowing that, you know, a number or a size is not where happiness resides. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, the the two can coexist. You can still strive for happiness and and you know go, you know, wanting to get to the size that you want to get to. But at the same time, you still got to do the work. You got to do the inner work. You've yeah. really got to. And if you know, if you don't, you're going to learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. No, totally. And yeah. you're right. There aren't actually any shortcuts. And I, you know, because there are. It feels like there are opposing camps out there um, within the. I don't even. I don't even know. What to, I'll just call it the the diet culture or the you know yeah. that space, right? Where yeah. you've got people like me who are like, "Hey, I can absolutely help you lose weight," and I and I also, yeah. and I help them. You know, I'm obviously I don't have the same skill set as you, um, and I have a different experience yeah, than different. you. Yeah. yeah. So, but so we work together and and get them feeling, um, get them sort of improve their body composition and help heal some of that stuff inside yeah. as well yeah. but then you've got people who are absolutely opposed to the diet side of things and think that that's almost a it's almost it, the two are mutually exclusive like you can't yes. work on both at the same you can't do body positivity and yeah. weight loss at the same time whereas yeah I've never thought that that was I've never seen that they have to be mutually exclusive like absolutely yeah yeah so, so it's, yeah I, people find it confusing yeah absolutely and we are in this world of like you know, body positivity can be, you know, it's elements of it are really beautiful and, and well-meaning and then other elements of it, it's very dogmatic and, the, you know, you can't lose weight if you're body positive, you know, mm. and it's like it's such an, an area of confusion. It was for me and I was always like, well, so I can just eat whatever I want and just be happy with my body and, you know, and yeah. it was like, actually, no, that's actually not treating my body with kindness. Like that is not treating my body with kindness. And so I had to learn, okay, so there is a place for having good nutrition that's going to help you 
think better. It's going to help you mentally in so many ways. It's going to help you have more energy. It's, you know, it's going to help you show up and do this other work because if you are completely filling your diet full of junk, you know, and just being a kind of like, ah, uh, whatever approach. And oh, my body will be better be, and I'll, and I'll learn this, you know, to just love myself. It's like, well, yeah, like, of course you can love yourself and, and still be working on yourself at the same time. Like they yes. don't need to actually be opposed, opposing views, you know, yeah. you totally can. And, and in fact, it's really vital because especially if you've been super like overweight, like I have like over a hundred kgs for my height, um, you're left with a lot of loose skin. You're left yeah. with a body that is never probably going to be maybe what you thought it would be um, in the, your future. You know, you probably never thought it would be like that. And so there is an amount of acceptance that you have to bring when you, you know, even like, you know, you might have muscles underneath some loose skin and you're like, well, you never get, it's never going to be all tight and taut and perfect because yeah. I've been 40 something kilos overweight yeah, and my yeah. body is stretched. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you have to, that's what I mean by, you know, if you're just focused on the physical, then you're going to be disappointed because yeah. you're going to get to that weight and you're going to go, well, actually, it probably doesn't look the way I thought it would. Mm. And if you just work on the the emotional and ignore the physical, then you're not really going to be very healthy either, you know, because you're, <laughs> you're yeah, the, 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 I think the two need to go together, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah, no, I completely yeah. agree. And, you know, Michelle, I feel like the work that you've done on, um, on the inner and on the inside, I wonder... I imagine that it must have been quite helpful for you over the last couple of years because I know that because you've been quite public about it on social that that you've Mm -hmm. had a couple of health issues which meant that you've had to be more restrictive with your diet in order to try to get to the bottom of them and for some people that might have been a trigger to have gone down a rabbit hole to then rebound and, and go backwards whereas and, and I'm not sure, I mean, maybe it's just what I, and it all, is all what I see on social, but I don't feel that that's been the space mm. for you. So has that helped yeah. you in that regard as well? Yeah, I guess sometimes it can be good. Um, I have I have a couple of things that have sort of happened for me. And re- more recently, um, I'm sort of dealing with some health issues in terms of my own, but also with my mum. My mum's really mm. unwell at the moment. Mm. And so that has sent me a little bit down like a, you know, I want to eat <laughs> because yeah. that's always been my my go to. It's always been my go to. Um, but then I've dealt with a lot of that stuff, and I'm like, well, I don't eat. I can't eat anymore. Like I need to find something else, and I need to really deal with the stuff. Sometimes going back to a beginner level can actually be really helpful for me. Then working with a client because sometimes I forget how hard it is. Yeah, when you're battle- yeah, when you're battling that inner critic, and it's so loud. And you haven't understood how to communicate with it yet, you know, because that really is like your inner critic is like your best friend with like lousy communication skills. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That is great. Yeah. You know, um, so you really, you have to learn to get okay with, um, I guess, failing to a degree, you know, failing and then, and then, and not seeing, I always think failing forward, you know, yeah, always yeah. thinking about, okay, so right, I've done this and it hasn't worked and now I need to go back to the drawing board and, yeah. you know, I might need to adapt some things. I might need to look at some things. Um, I'm, I've dealt with migraines for like most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, they're vestibular migraines, so it gives me vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've had a lot of health issues and I still deal with them. Um, and more recently I've been to a specialist who's helped me get further down into like the kind of mast cell activation, the histamine issues, that sort of stuff. And so it does make it a little bit tricky because I'm all about balance with food and having kind of everything. But at the same time, I do need to sometimes be a little bit stricter because I'll have a health flare. It'll flare up and I'll feel terrible. And then I feel like I go downhill and and that sort of thing. So I, I do need to often bring it back. Um, you know, I've done keto for migraine as you've helped me with, um, which was great, but at the same time it messes with my sleep. So there's things that you have to toy with. And I think understanding, um, I think always coming with an open mind and a beginner mindset and knowing that I still, I don't have all the answers. Like when I talk to my clients, I'm not like sitting there going, you need to eat this, this, and this. Like I'm, you know, all about balance, but at the same time, how about if you're someone that is, has a lot of binging issues, 
you know, maybe we need to look at this and, and go outside, like source outside as well. You know, mm. I'm not just going to be like, we'll eat what I eat because it's not going to help anywhere. Like yeah. I, we're so individual and we mm-hmm. need different approaches. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, um, I am very public about my struggles and what I go through. And while at the same time trying to keep balance, you know, and even when I did, I did a sort of like a liver detox with Dr. Libby and that yes. was a lot of, yeah, a lot of really great food. You know, it was great whole foods. It wasn't really anything too crazy. But of course, as soon as you say no refined sugar, no dairy, no gluten, it's like, oh my God, that's like, what else is left? But there's actually, you know, so much. And I think that inspired a lot of people because they were sort of like, well, how, how can you just do that? Because like yeah. I've enrolled in the same course, but I haven't done any of the diet stuff. And I'm like, well, this is where you've got to get your mind to a good place. Because if yes. your mind's not in the right place, you can go on any diet, but you won't stick to it. You won't follow through because yeah. you're not in a good place with yourself emotionally. So when you are feeling crappy and you want to go and use food and you want to get a sugar hit, you know, you're going to do that if you mm-hmm. haven't learned other techniques. Um, for myself, for instance, lately with dealing with my mum and that sort of stuff that's going on, I really have to, I have to dig deep, man. Like I have to dig deep. Yeah. I have to go, I have to sit with it. I have to lean into it. Um, I have to, you know, I go and have an ice bath. I yeah. do a meditation. Every now and then it, it happens that I'm like, I'm ending on, up on the couch with like a bowl of ice cream that yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't have done before. But I'm also very honest with all my clients about that. I'm like, you know what? Well, I still struggle. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and preach that I've got it all figured out. You know, mm. I still have my moments, but I'm very good now, I guess. And this is what I think meditation has afforded me is having the, the, the space between the stimulus and the response. Yeah. So when I get that like urge and that like that feeling festering up in me that I'm like feeling super uncomfortable and I want to just soothe it straight away, I'm really good at being able to stop and go, what is this? What am I feeling? Mm-hmm. What is the emotion? You know, and, and often we can't define it in the moment. We can't sit there and go, well, I'm feeling sad because it actually could be another feeling that we can't um, articulate at the time. You know, yes. it might just be feeling a little despondent or a little bit um, let down and, and we don't associate that with being sad or, you know, maybe we're frustrated, but we don't think that that means that we're angry. You know, there's just so many emotions that we just, I think as young people, we're not, not taught how to really tap in. Yeah, yeah. How to really tap into that? Yeah, um, and so that's something I've I've, le- I've I guess I'm, le- I'm I've learned and I'm still learning that not to be afraid of your emotions because it's just an emotion and yeah. it will it won't kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and leaning, yeah, and leaning into it is actually really helpful yeah. because it tells you a lot about yourself. Amazing, Michelle, and I feel like it's your honesty and openness. That's why you connect with so many people on social, mm. you know, because yeah. no, I mean, everyone knows now that a curated social media account is just that, you know, very yeah. few people I know would ever buy into someone who is perfect. Yet yeah. also you get the, <laughs> you get the people who are almost perfect. Yet they appear to be disheveled once in a while to show you that they're normal where, you know, yes. and that always makes me laugh almost as much. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you like with your, you're really open and honest. And whilst there are periods of time, like when you do the Dr. Libby liver detox, which I actually, from a diet perspective, in my head, when you sort of embarked and did that, I just thought, well, that's just old hat for you. You've been, you know, yeah. it's just yeah, been you've doing done it for years. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so it's no surprise. But but it's that, you know, what we define as balance, you know, because yeah. balance is health at the end of the day. And if Absolutely. you include everything in your diet to have a balanced diet, that might not mean that you're balanced because something else will shift out yeah yeah Yeah. so I think people sort of have to understand that because from a nutrition perspective the traditional conventional approach is to have a balanced diet but that means your health is out of whack yeah yeah Yeah. that's what you understand and that's what you show that you do yeah for sure um, my husband always says that my vulnerability and transparency is my superpower. Hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah. I am. I'm okay with sharing my struggles and and shining a light on it. In fact, because I'm like, this is what makes us human. This yeah. is how we connect. Like, and we are here for connection. We're here for love. We're here to learn. We're not here to just show perfect. Like, yeah. you know, um, am I going to celebrate victories when I have them? Absolutely. But am I also going to show when I'm struggling and I'm going through tough times? For sure. Like, yeah. I think they both need to be shown because we are in such a world of 
we we just get so f- hyper focused on the outcome. Yeah, hundred percent, and not about the process. You know, yeah. the process is is it's all about the process. <laughs> yeah, and your and um, what you said about sitting in that space between stimulus and response mm. is that's something which is so difficult to learn. And if people mm. can't do that, then then it's I mean that's the bit that people do have to work on, right? Because yeah. therefore you then create that space to respond differently. Absolutely. And mm. that's and that's when you actually start to change your behaviors. Yeah, completely. And and so, you know, we often go into a diet with like a, a mindset of like, right, I'm never going to eat sugar ever again. Yep. And it's like, look, like uh, we'd all like to say that, but we are wired for sweet, you know? Yeah. And and if you're not going to if you're someone who's going to go from eating a lot of sugar every day to zero, that's probably not going to work. Like you might have to slow it down with you know, some other things, some, you know, making sure you've got some fruit in there. Like, you've got to be realistic. Yeah. And I just think so many people are not realistic. They're like, right, I'm going to cut out all of these things and then I'm never going to eat them again. And yeah. it's like, well, like, it's great intentions. I mean, we all have great intentions, but then when you set the expectation that high, yeah, you've only got one place to go and that's down. hundred percent. My, my mm. um, two, two major things I did to cut my, to change my diet when I came across Mark's Davy Apple and Sarah oh, Wilson yes. yeah. was yeah, Sarah Wilson. Yep. amazing. Um, amazing. Was I cut, um, I immediately quit gum, which I had a massive addiction yes. to. Yes. I was only addicted during the week. I could absolutely go without on the weekend, but when I was at work, I had to go through two packets every day or else I'd get anxious. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So and, you had that like chewing was the thing. Yes, the was thing the that, thing. I, yeah. It stopped me mm. eating. It distracted me yeah. from other uncomfortable things. And I just, then yeah. I got a dopamine hit every time I had a new piece in my mouth, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was from a very, that was like from my early 20s. And then I also was a, a massive diet soda fan. Me too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Me too. And I completely cut it out until yeah. about three years ago. Yeah. And now I enjoy a diet soda a couple of times a week. Yeah. And nice. don't feel like, and I don't feel like I'm killing myself with every single drop. And I think that's yeah. actually progress. <laughs> yeah. that, and it is progress because yeah. you've got to think like, you know, we, I know you and I were sort of in the same sphere for a long time in this, you know, those, those years where it was like, never have a diet soda ever again. And yeah, like, yeah. it was very just like, so frowned upon. And it's like, yeah, like obviously you don't want to be living on them, but it's actually the, again, the dose makes the poison. Like yeah. you've, you've got to think, okay. So like, cause I was, you know, I went from drinking so much of that stuff and then I was like, right, I'm going to just have like my soda water and like my herbal tea, my LaCroix and that's all good. But every now and then I do go out and I do have like, a kombucha that's got, you know, some sweetener in it, like, you know, a bit of artificial sweetener in it or something or a little bit of sugar. It's like we can't – if it's not good for us mentally – Yes. It's not good for us physically either. I hundred percent. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're in that restricted headspace all the time, that is not good for you. <laughs> no, I know. And I recognize that about myself. And that's like mm. there are some things which I would never be a good idea for me to completely abstain from because that would just yeah. encourage my restrictive mindset, which absolutely has been with me for so long. And that's the it's mm. it goes quite nicely with that obsessive exercise tendency so you know like they just yeah for some people just go hand in hand so it's like a need to keep balance one thing I will not probably do no I will not do is go back to chewing gum though there was nothing good about that habit (laughs) (laughs) no so Michelle can we just finish off by you telling me how like how do you work with clients and and like how does that look and whether or not you are in fact working with clients yes so um so the way that I work is we normally do like a 12, I normally do a 12 week program. So I don't do any less than 12 weeks because in fact, I mean, in an ideal world, I would sign, I would work with someone for a year. Yeah. Because I mean, slow weight loss is really what I think is going to be permanent. Yeah. For most people. 100%. Um, and it's funny, one of my, cause I do a bit of group coaching and I had a group, uh, one of my group participants who's quite young, she was very skeptical to begin with and she was like I don't know like I would just want to jump on keto and and just do that and I know that you know all my friends are doing it and I'm like look like there's nothing inherently wrong with that but is that something you can see yourself doing for like a long period of time no okay cool so do we want to find balance yes 
uh, yeah, so she she discovered that this this work does work. <laughs> yes. If you do the work and you actually trust the process. So, um, yeah, ideally we do 12 weeks. I work every week we do um, a call, so, a, you know, like a Zoom, a Zoom meeting every week, check-ins um, multiple times during the week just to see how you're going and, like, checking in. You know, are you meditating? Are you doing the things that I'm sort of asking of you? So I kind of give everyone, um, particularly my one-on-one, it's like, we're getting a little bit more in depth in one on one than I do mm. with with group because of course you can you know yes. in a group setting not everyone's feeling that vulnerable that they can share everything, but in one on one we can get a little deeper and so we kind of go through each week I kind of have mo- modules I guess so you could say like you know one week it might be we're talking about boundaries and like setting boundaries and like that's really a hugely important part of learning to respect yourself and show up for yourself is setting those boundaries. Um, you know, learning discipline, understanding, you know, it does require discipline and then you get freedom from that. It's liberating and like it's 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 really how we start to carve out the person that we want to be. Yeah. You nice. know? Yeah. Um and so, you know, there's I, I obviously for the first sort of six weeks we work a lot around mindset. Mm-hmm. It's clearly mostly mindset in the first six weeks and then after that we sort of work a little bit more on you know how we can find that balance with food how we can find um having a healthy relationship with food and you know how that looks for each different person because I think it is different like you just said before um you know having a diet soda for you now is actually that is actually something that's been really powerful for you and like it's now looks like success um, I think that's important for people because people can come from a super restrictive background of never allowing themselves to have dessert when they go out. Mm-hmm. And then we can have the extreme other end that they have two desserts when they go out and yes. they you know, are having it all. So we're, it's finding, I think, everyone's very different. And so I don't go in with this super dogmatic approach that it's a blanket you know, rule for everyone. It's just this is kind of what I think is going to be helpful for you and mm. let's see what's working for you, what's going to be sustainable. Um, and I think that, you know, it's hard with coaching because with one-on-one, it is a massive trusting process. Mm. You know, you've really got to trust the process because like I explained to people, it is like going into your wardrobe, pulling all of your clothes out of your wardrobe, throwing them on the ground and going, I'm going to sort my wardrobe out. And then you pull everything out and then you look at the ground and you're like, oh my God, why did I do this? Why did I start? Oh, I'm really regretting it now. Like yes, <laughs> I've got to put yeah. these, take these clothes to the Salvation Army, and these ones I might sell. And you know, eventually you start going through it, and it get, it's it's like messy action, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and a lot of people don't like messy. You know, they just mm. want to put things in a box and just put either put them away and leave them there, yeah. or if I bring them out, that means I have to deal with them. Hundred <laughs> percent. What a great analogy. So, so that's what we're doing. We're, we're dealing with it. We're um, again, setting aside time, which often people don't allow themselves that time, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, I'm too busy for this, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, like, are you too busy to have a great relationship with yourself and 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 move forward? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people are holding themselves back, you know, like I said, not getting in their own way. And I've certainly lived that a lot of, a lot of years and it's taken me a long time to to get to a place of balance. Yeah, nice. And it's something I still work on. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so I work with people one on one. Um I have probably got another spot coming up very soon. Um and then I I'm I really want to get a group together. People have been a bit um you know the, the financial parts always a little bit tricky, you know, yeah, people don't want to always invest in in group. Um but I'm actually working on a program now which I'm going to do for a, a little bit uh, more achievable for more people, so a little bit lesser lesser financial commitment, Amazing. but it's going to be a little bit more self led. You yeah. know, as you know, you you know you can't be in all places at all times, yes. so you have to sort yeah. of adapt. Um, uh, yeah, so that's going to be happening. Um, I'm working on that at the moment. So, well, Michelle, yeah. would it be all right once it's sort of at that stage if I get you back and we can talk about yes. the components of it? Because I think yes. people would be so Absolutely. interested. Because I think yeah. what the work that you do is so important. And you're right, that financial barrier for some does make it hard because there's one Michelle. Yeah. Um, yep. Yet <laughs> also, if you can make your your knowledge just a bit more accessible via say a course or whatever then a lot more people can benefit scalability man saves everyone I know and that's what I've had to learn you know like obviously it's like oh you know when you you do something like I just want to make sure that it comes across right and that people are like doing it doing the work because it's always the whole you've got to do the work like I you know you can lead the horse to water but you can't make a drink sort of thing it's the same thing like I could share all the content in the world but people could still not do the work and so I guess there's been that tug with me that I'm like 
I don't want to put this out there and then people not do it. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not my responsibility. I really need to just trust the process and know yep. that, you know, uh, if people, uh, I guess, resonate with me and with what I've got to share, they will do it. 100%. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. So it's, you know, trusting the process myself as well. <laughs> no, I love it, Michelle. And um, thank you so much. Like you've shared so many useful, re- like amazing resources, which I think people would really benefit from. Even just some of those initial sort of mindset, uh, the dopamine nation, the dopamine nation, uh, yeah, Gaba Mate was it? Yeah, Dr. Gaba Mate. Yeah, yeah. Re- I mean, some of the stuff's quite heavy going, but I've got some really great um, podcast specific episodes that I can actually li- like give you and link you. That would be that amazing. Were, yeah, they were quite pivotal for me. So um, yeah, I will definitely give you those. Because some stuff, some stuff can be quite heavy going, and it can get a bit intense. So you got to make sure that you know I don't overwhelm people with um, yeah. Like this is, it's kind of like yourself, like. You know all the nutrition, geeky, nerd stuff, but you've got to make it accessible for other people to digest. Totally. That's <laughs> a, and that's my thing, eh? It's like I just do yeah. – I say too much and then people get like, what? Oh, you lost what? me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I, and I know a lot of that stuff because I'm super nerdy and geeky and, like, <gasps> yeah, I love yeah, yeah. science and I love all that stuff and so I get it. But a lot of people just – it gets lost on them because totally. it just goes over their head and they're like, what are you talking about? What? Like, get uh, ghrelin, leptin? What do you mean? Yeah, like, totally. 100%. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if you are able to give me those links, that would be amazing. Yeah. Where can people Absolutely. find you? So you can find me at michellemartangi.com, which is my website. So you can book a discovery call through that. Fantastic. You can find me at Instagram, which is Michelle Martangi, um, and I'm on Facebook as well. Same thing. Michelle Martangi everywhere. Um, and then email is just hello at michellemartangi.com. <laughs> it's easy. And I will obviously easy. put those uh, links in the show notes. Michelle, thanks for your time. You've been amazing. Thank I've, you so much, Mickey. And I have to say, like, I've learned so much and so many um, kind of techniques and tools from your page that I share with people as well. And I love the whole sort awesome. of learning community and, and that, um, that you know, we're all basically here for the same reason. And the more that we can sort Absolutely. of help each other, we, the more we're able to help other people as well. So it's awesome. Yeah, all about collaboration over competition, for yeah. sure. And you've always, I've always loved connecting with you, Mickey. I mean, I remember coming to your talks a long, long, long time ago and you'd come up and give me a big hug and you've just always been such a beautiful support. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Awesome. Well, you have a lovely day in your garden. Yeah, yeah I will. I will. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Cheers, Mickey. All right, team, hope you really enjoyed that interview. And you can find Michelle over on her website, michellemartangi.com. And she is taking clients and she has a free discovery call if you want to find out if she would be a good fit for you. Of course, you can also go and follow her on Instagram as well. Such a wealth of information over there. So next week on the podcast, I um, have an awesome conversation with Professor Ama Dolan, who is based over in Brazil, about her work in bone metabolism. And also we touch briefly on low energy availability from an evolutionary perspective. Until then, though, you can catch me over on Facebook at Mickey Willardin Nutrition, over on Instagram and Twitter at Mickey Willardin or on my website mickeywillardin.com where in addition to the recipe portal access you can sign up to one of my meal plans or book a one-on-one consultation with me with all of the benefits which I described earlier in the podcast. All right team you have a great week and look forward to catching up with you soon. See you later.